I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hot! Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for The Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV, great to be with you on a Redemption Thursday. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew in the house on Twitter, attach a Cameron Show. Hello to all, and uh, how we doing? Everybody all right? Hanging in there? Thank you, uh, Brett, right off the bat, hitting the like button. We're just getting started. There it is. That's how we roll. Good job, everybody. Appreciate you. Come on in here. Let's do our thing. Hey, I, I got to tell you, uh, we'll have a snippet of it here today, but I enjoyed it. I had a chance this morning to talk to Zaria Thomas, talented defensive back for Florida State, as you guys well know, and um, I enjoyed my conversation with him. I think you'll hear him tomorrow, maybe in his entirety, on this show. Uh, that was a War Chant exclusive for gold members uh, on the Renegade board. If you're a gold member, you get to ask questions of players. Brought to you by the Battles End, and um, you know we 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 elicit we solicit the uh, questions, and then you guys ask them, and then I sit down and do interviews with players. It's going to be a series, and I really look forward to it. I get I get a chance to talk to some other players in the future. Um, one of those will be uh, DJ. DJU, we got a lot of DJs out there on this team, <laughs> so I better uh, specify. But DJU will be one in the future. Look forward to that as well. But this morning's was Azaria Thomas, who I think has a chance, Tom, to be an outstanding player. I mean, we thought that from day one when we saw him. He just sort of uh, was able to glide around that indoor practice facility on that first time that we got a look at him, and he's played a lot of football for Florida State already. It's funny. You go back, look at those snap counts. You look at those numbers – you realize how talented you have to be to come to a place like Florida State and get on the field right away and, and, and play some significant roles. And then as much as he played last year, I think we can tell he's emerging potentially as a star here. I think he's an all-ACC caliber player. I think he could maybe go and transcend that. But it's always great when you get a moment like this to talk to one of our players and, and you find out that they're focused, they're hardworking, they're smart, they're, they're working on all the right things, they're great teammates. 
I thought he jumped off the page today when we had a chance to talk to him. We'll play one snippet of something he said that I think is really enticing. We don't have to do it right yet. But, uh, you know, he, he really came across – we've talked to Azaria and other players before, but it's usually a post-practice rap where they're, they're, they're one of the guys chosen to talk or something. It's kind of quick, and you don't really get keen insight. So it was, uh, it was nice uh, to, to have a, a, a Q&A with him and kind of see him reveal who he really is. I, th- I thought that went well. It did. He's a player that, uh, you're right, with the tour of duty. I remember Sam McCall was coming in as the heralded five-star-ish player, and Azarie was the signing day surprise for Florida State. You know, he was not tied to the signing day ceremonies, to commitments, uh, RPMs, as they're called, and on the on-three side of the industry. Then when you get through all the noise and you say, okay, when they get to campus, who is the player? Within one quick practice, one quick tour of duty workout, he was the one. Azarie was the one that moved like a college-ready player. Mm-hmm. Not McCall. So the McCall wasn't talented. I just they were in the same group. They happened to be in the same trio running through the drills. I thought, man, I'm showing up here to look at one kid, and then I'm instead fixated on this other other player. And then we saw him in practice. He wasn't scared early on. There was a bit of a bump in the road in terms of. You know, we had expectations he had showed out in the spring, and then you didn't see a ton of it in his true freshman season. But, man, it's it, it has come to fruition by the end of last year, mm-hmm. his sophomore mm-hmm. season, where you say that's everything that we saw one-on-one drills he can now do in a team setting. He's a really smart player, and he's a player that plays with a ton of passion. That, that came out of him uh, late last year, which I think speaks to how much more comfortable he is in his surroundings and with the speed of the game. You're able to play with emotion when you know what it is that you need to do and you're not thinking on your feet. Yeah, not having to think so much and, and really being comfortable. I like, uh, I, you know, again, we're going to let this sit for our uh, gold members and renegade board uh, users uh, for a day before bringing it on to the show. So I don't want to give away too much. But I, I would tell you uh, that, you know, I think there's a maturity that comes across in the interview. And I would also say that he's pretty selfless. He thinks about his answers and he's, he's, he thinks about the impact of other players or his answers in the interview, uh, how, how it would impact other players. I think you could see that, you know, that going through his mind. Um, he's courteous. That's just maybe a nice way of saying it. He's just courteous. He's, he's thoughtful and he's not devoid of confidence. And it's a rare combination to have two, a guy who is all at once courteous, understanding how his answers may affect others, but also full of, brashness and confidence regarding what his abilities are, which, as he says, uh, I can pretty much do anything on a football field, and that was nice to hear. And If you could say that without ego, he did. <laughs> yeah, then I would think, look, Fentrell Cypress didn't have a bad season, not by any stretch. You know, was it up to the level of what the pro football focus hype might have been, you know, and what the transfer portal ranking may have been? Uh, I think that's close. It's a close call. He was solid. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad at all either. But when you're projecting for this season, who do you think is going to be the lockdown corner? I look at Azaria first. I, I do too. I absolutely do, Tom. I don't. I actually don't think it's close. I'll just let you know. I think he's going to be that kind of good. This is going to be a fascinating year for prognostication. It always is. It's always fun. You get some right, get some wrong, and people will hold your feet to the fire. That's for sure. It's great when you get it right. Uh most of the time you want to get it right, not because you want to be proven right, but because it means good things for the program, for the team. Uh, but I, I actually feel like I'm not out on a limb because you and I just agreed 
about Azaria Thomas, but I will tell you that uh, I I feel like there are seven critical players, at least seven, um, that if they take the step that I think they're capable of taking, he's one of them. Uh, then then Florida State's going to be a whole lot better than that projected nine and a half, buddy. I, I really believe that. Uh, and one of them's got to be the quarterback. We talked about this yesterday. He's got to have his best year, but he's set up to do so. One of them's got to be Hakeem Williams. I think he will. In fact, I, I'm almost certain he will. Uh, there will be, be a guy that has one uh, giant leap forward that we don't predict because it always happens. Somebody always takes a big leap when you didn't expect them to. And uh, somebody also, unfortunately, oftentimes takes a step back when you don't expect them to. So it kind of, at times, you, you hope it doesn't even out. You want more in the positive direction than not. But I do. I think as I go through that roster, even if you project the starters, you kind of have some fun with it and say, all right, well, you know, maybe maybe this guy, oh, this guy is poised too. This guy really came on at the end of the year. This guy was hurt. But right before he got hurt, he was about to take off. This guy put on this much weight in the weight room. This guy's gotten a lot stronger. Think about what Josh Farmer became uh, from his first year to where he is now and 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 the leap in size and strength. I mean, you know, he told us on an interview we did here on the JCS that he'd put on 55 pounds since he had come here and became one of the strongest guys. You know, Coach Storm's talking about him. Players do that. It happens. They're still – we've we got to be reminded they're still young men. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. Think about how much bigger and stronger you got as you as you started to enter into your man years. Yeah, that's the thing for me. I actually look at the defensive interior for improvement, and you might say, what? Farmer and Jackson are really good. Yeah, well, it's one thing to be a rotational player like Farmer was and a legend, in a sense, like Daryl Jackson is, at least for <laughs> Florida State purposes, and then to be leaned upon for 45, 50 reps a game. To be and it's guy. a very different week after week. Now, this is a good year if you're going to be breaking into that role because of so many bye weeks for Florida State. You're going to get a lot of breathers. But still, the way that the depth chart is shaping up right now, you're going to have to lean on those two guys more this season than you had to lean on a Braden Fisk last year. Or if Fabo was the featured player in the defensive interior last year, you're going to have to lean on, you know, Daryl Jackson more than Fabo was was brought on. So, I mean, not, it's not that great that Kelly can't play and Daniel Lyons isn't projecting nicely and K.J. Sampson might not be able to contribute. It's just as it's currently comprised, your top two guys, I think, need to be your top players in a way that maybe defensive end doesn't even count on Patrick Payton or doesn't count on whoever want, you want to put on the other side, if it's Marvin Jones Jr. or somebody else. They can throw numbers at the problem in the way that I don't know defensive tackle can with top-flight talent. So if those two guys improve, that would be good. And, and if you could field some more depth at defensive tackle as well, I think that is what sets the stage for this team to go to a different level because then the offense can go through lulls and the defense can carry you through some stretches. I don't think they're done there. I've hinted at that. I've said it straight out. I got to be careful how I phrase it. I got to be careful of the way I say it. I just a uh, a sense that I get that uh, there'll there'll be additions to this team, and I think in particular probably at defensive tackle uh, in the interior there. I I would think, um, but you know that's not. That's not giving up state secrets, man. Look around college football. The importance of that is known by all who compete at a high level. And so you never stop searching. You never stop, you know, combing the uh, the landscape of college football for a guy who's somewhere else who may want to be uh, amongst those that take the field at Doe Campbell Stadium. I mean, I, it, it, it's spring now. It's pretty normal for us to see 
another couple editions of editions and, and, and maybe a loss or two of some players. I mean, anymore, that's just the way you got to look at it. You got to look at spring as a fierce battle for depth and for reps and to see who's going to win certain jobs, who's going to be the primary backup at other jobs. And then from there, when you start to get a sense of who that's going to be, typically towards late spring practice, you got a real idea. This player was able to stave off this up-and-comer. This guy was not. This guy took a step back. This guy took a step forward. And how does that impact the roster for the upcoming fall practices? But also, how does it impact the transfer portal? Both who do you lose based on what they now know to be true, and who do you have to go after based on what you know now to be true? I think one position to watch, and, and I'm not saying that it is a fait accompli that they're going to be dipping into the portal for this position, but it's an important spring. It's actually tight end. I think tight end's an important role here because Kyle Morlock is, yes, it's a, that's a fixed position for mm-hmm. you. Kyle, you're going to be a Gets starter. really interested with two, three, and four. That is correct. Like Jackson West is somebody that they're very excited about because he's finally getting healthy and they gave him more reps towards the end of the season. Maybe that was because they knew somebody was going to be leaving at the end of the year, but they got him more game experience. If Landon Thomas can take on the responsibility as a true freshman, they would not need to dip into the portal. But if they say, all right, Jackson's still not a polished up product. We don't know what we have in Landon just yet. We like what we saw in spring, but maybe he could use some more refinement. Maybe they would dip in to find some other solutions there. I know that they've got more guys in that tight end room. I'm just saying that I wonder if maybe that's not a position that's going to be critically watched by Chris Thompson and Mike Norvell in camp because Mike Norvell loves to use a variety of tight ends, even if it's just an inline guy who they know can block and they can trust to block. Maybe that would be enough, but I'd be interested to see how that battle shakes out and what kind of reps are distributed during spring. That's going to be another one that we report on. We have like six more that are more important than it. But, you know, when you're talking about bells and whistles and getting winning 10 and 11 games, Jaheim Bell, when he was healthy, you saw what a difference he made. So you never know. Yeah, there's a guy that they really love that they brought in at one point. Um, you didn't mention him there, and I know why, and I'm not trying to be harsh on anybody, but, um, you know, kid from Texas who they thought was going to be a, a player, and we're waiting. So maybe he takes a big step forward too, Tom. I, I don't know. Uh, it's possible. It's possible. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. And um, people figure it out, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, look at that, he's going to contribute, and I didn't think he was going to because he had the body type, but we've been waiting on it, and we'll, we'll see. I think Landon Thomas fits – well, I know Landon Thomas fits the offense perfectly well, and I know that he likes to block. It's just that is it too much too soon? Because if the answer is no, it's not too much too soon, then you don't need to touch the position. Then you're ready to go, and you've got a true freshman out there, and that's a great recruiting pitch for future classes to get the you know, the modern-day H-back tight ends where you say, look at this, right away. Right away, this kid's a star for us. But it's just you wonder about how you know they're going to assess it and how much they throw at him in his first spring. There's just there's too much field to cover. I know that they're, they're shrinking with all the, the construction that's going on, <laughs> but there's there's so much to cover in spring, so many position groups, it's going to be hard to get to every single one of them. We'll hear from uh, the aforementioned Azaria Thomas here in just a second, and I want to comment on that after we do. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Let me tell you about a place somewhere up in New York way where the people are so gay, twisting the night away. Jeff Cameron Show, roll it on. Appreciate you being here with us. Uh, really quickly, we're going to play a clip. I mentioned it in the out, in the opener here. We had Azaria Thomas uh, Q&A brought to you by the Battles Inn on the Renegade boards. The questions were asked. If you're a gold member, you get to do that. And there will be a series of these types of Q&As. Uh, not going to play the whole thing here. It was about... It's about 20 minutes long, Tom, that we talked to. Is there anything it is? 20 minutes? That was the initial conversation, including your back and forth before we started. So yeah, we'll yeah. see what the final number comes out as. Probably about 14, 15 minutes, which is a good chunk and uh, a great opportunity to get, on, get to know somebody. Uh, this is something that excited both you and me. And I said to him at the time it would excite our listeners and excite our subscribers. People love to know about incoming talent and where they're at, how close they are to – maybe being able to contribute, but also kind of hit the ground running. And a lot of that has to do with the acclimation period, whether you're a true freshman or a transfer portal guy. Uh, you know, there's adjustments to make, as there is with anybody that takes on, say, a new job or moves to a new city. And the faster it can happen, uh, the faster they can get on the field. It's particularly difficult for freshmen uh, if you think about what your life was like as a freshman for all of us and the first time you ever went away to attend college, say you left the city that you were born and raised in and you uh, traveled afar and then took on other responsibilities, it's hard. It's it's difficult. It's the first time you're ever out on your own. 
Um, so you don't know what to expect from freshmen when they come into a football program because there's the physical part, there's the emotional part, there's a, the maturity part, there's all of that. You get excited when you find out that some guys, uh, as observed by, in this case, Azaria Thomas, uh, guys seemingly come in, hit the ground running. We've got a few names that people will know. Here you go. This is from my conversation earlier today with Azaria Thomas. And which of the incoming players, either high school or transfer, are you most looking forward to playing with this season? Actually, I have three. Okay. I got Kai Bates, Charles, and Track. Them three, them three, just, just, just seeing them work, I'm just like, them boys got it. Like, you, like, you, you can tell when, like, freshmen come in, like, they just do the workouts and they just get through it. And they just trying to survive. They actually attack the workouts, and they actually uh, uh, listen to details and apply and want to get extra work and text in the group chat, like, yeah, I'm coming. Like, I'll, I'll be there. You don't really see that from freshmen a lot of times because they – and and I'm not knocking any freshmen that want to get acclimated and stuff like that, but usually you see with freshmen, they try to come in and try to, like, just learn the, like, learn the steps to everything and just trying to ease their way in, which is fine. Um, everybody got their own way and their own process mm-hmm. of doing stuff. So if you do that, then that's fine with you. But just seeing them boys just do that and just seeing how they come in, c- come into work and they and they actually want to learn, they actually want to apply what they learn as well. It's, it's very rare you see that nowadays uh, with freshmen. So yeah, that's a that's a fun answer to hear. It was cool to hear what he said uh, in the in the in the moment that he said it this morning, because those are guys that the fan base got to know in recruiting because of their high profile status and what they brought to the table, what they were as recruits and certainly what we thought they might be physically. So to hear them described from a veteran player as guys that attacked the workout and they weren't really getting bogged down with acclimation, but rather hit the ground running, utilize the principles they're being taught, the, you know, the, the, the different types of workouts to have the strength and the stamina to do those things. They're not hard. I mean, they're not easy. They're very hard. In fact, uh, tour of duty stuff is pretty brutal. Uh, that's encouraging, Tom. It is. These are guys, too, that have the size to play right yeah, away. Uh-huh. So you, you get excited about that because I, I talked about it last week. You know, these are three interviews when you're doing uh, the interviews with Kai Bates and Charles Lester, Jamari Howard. We're respectively, they're 6'2", 6'2", 6'1". I might have it backwards for Charles and Jamari. But they're over six feet tall. These are modern defensive backs. And we saw that last year. Like, Ozarie was was the first to come in as an individual. And he said, well, that looks like what we should be bringing in at this position. Correct. But last year, across the board, the entire class that came in last season, we saw them early enrollees and in fall camp. Everybody from Conrad Hussey all the way down to Edwin Joseph everywhere in between. Like K.J. Kirkland almost looks like a hybrid safety linebacker. Quindarius Jones is rangy and smooth. This next wave, again, is rated that highly. They are sized out when they got to campus in Florida State, listed their heights and their weights to be the modern size. So if you're telling me that they've got a work ethic that's ahead of their years and they've got a size that is on par with what is necessary to succeed right now in college football, then yeah, man, this spring camp, who knows? If they can handle the the on-the-field part, they're doing the mental part, and they've already got the physical traits. If they can handle the on-the-field part and the speed, who knows? You might have a couple of these freshmen in the rotation this year. It's a, a very difficult thing to do. I 
to come to a college. Uh, uh, well, look, I never played at Florida State. I can't imagine. I little old ETSU. It's it's it was it was overwhelming there. I, I I can only imagine what it's like to come to a place like this with athletes of this caliber everywhere you look. It's got to be overwhelming. Um, I, I, it's impressive uh, if that's the case, if that's what they've got. But that's we talk about it all the time when you're working with uh, we call it better clay. When you've got freaky athletes that you're winning their services for, right? You're getting those kinds of players the opportunity for guys to come in and wow you right off the bat uh, exists because you're not de- you're not taking a bunch of two and three stars that you got to develop and it takes years. You're talking about a guy that could come in and and really maybe physically already be there if they grasp the mental part and they have the maturity. That's easy uh, to talk about and to say because you look at a guy and you see him, and you think, well, he's 6'2", he's got arms for days, he can really run, he's got a great vert, his technique seems to be good. Wherever he played high school, they must have had good coaching. He was a four-star or five-star kid. He should be able to play. But that maturity part and then the understanding, the complexities of a college defense, it's usually – you know, in high school, if you're a great player, you play both ways for starters because you can. And secondly, you really don't have to know a ton. It's uh, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm faster, I'm going to go do what I want to do, and there's not a lot you can do to stop me. But that is not true. It's a rude awakening for kids that come to a place like FSU and play big-time college football. So that's a positive review and assessment of these young guys coming in from a guy who's been there, done that, had to you know figure it out, and is going into his junior year. It's also another reminder, like this has already passed you by and me by. In this sense, we're the same. It's binary. You're either young or you're too old. We're too old for, for sports, especially at this level. But how quickly <laughs> yes. time passes. No, I'm just saying like how quickly time passes that Azaria is now a veteran in the group. Like, dude, it was 23 months ago that we were talking about this up-and-coming early enrollee, true freshman. Mm-hmm. And like, man, he's he does sound the part of veteran, he himself. I know he's wearing eight this year. I want to call him 20. But he's going to wear number eight this year. I season. love that he's wearing eight because he looks like Jalen Ramsey in terms of length and the smoothness yep. with which he uses that size and runs. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, and that's somebody, spoiler alert, that he looks up to. Um, As a player, sure. Playing, and it was somebody that on screen, this is this is why it's important that you have more than one 10-win uh, season since 2005, Miami. Hello, Miami. One since 2005. When you have more of those in recent history, a guy like Azaria can watch Jalen Ramsey in Florida State colors saying, I want to be that player because they can remember those things. Whereas, you know, if you're 16, 17 years old right now, you really got to think very hard to find an example, any chances are you can't. Your grandfather has to yeah. put in a VCR tape yeah, no. in order to find something of, of substance with Miami. No, you got to dust it off you, if, if anybody still has a VCR. I actually do have a VCR as an aside. Uh, it sits in the corner of the master bedroom for no reason. It's been sitting there with the cord wrapped around it for something like 13 years. And I have looked over at it numerous times and said, I need to get rid of that thing. It's worthless, but... I haven't because I want to go back and look at a number of uh, commercials that I shot years ago on video for the Jeff Cameron show while I was still at Clear Channel, way back when it was Clear Channel and not iHeart. And if I throw that out, I feel like I'll never get the chance. But the reality is, Tom, like Miami, I'll never do that. I'll never 
have the opportunity to truly succeed in sitting down and setting up the old VCR and watching those videotapes because I just never think to do it unless we're having this conversation about how nobody uses a VCR anymore. And Miami doesn't go back and watch those titles. You know they don't. Those fans don't. And if you're a kid playing high school football, you can't recall a Miami team winning anything. Certainly not an ACC title because it's never been done. It's never been done. Not a single time. You know you can digitize those VCR tapes. I know. And, and, and I know. If you do that, then maybe we could get some of that old footage and use it just for fun here on this particular show. Every time I've thought to digitize, then I've thought, ah, I need to do it. I need to do it. I need to stop procrastinating. Speaking just of- hire director. Have director do it. It's like, here you go. Figure it out. Here's a, Here's 50 bucks. Well, I mean, there are stores everywhere. I when I, I was driving out Capitol Circle, and there was one like, we vid- digitized VHS tapes here. Yeah, right. You've seen that, but yeah. you're not going to drive there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just just pay the lad, and the lad will drive there and do it. Maybe now this is going to force me to do it. I've brought it to people's attention, so I should be able to, you know, I should do it now. Well, I mean, there are apricots and and, uh, and the rugs. rugs. Yeah. You got to, I mean, that's first, that's, that's the first thing. I don't know if you want to do a spring blessing, you know, as the weather turns in, in Florida for spring practice, you could do a spring blessing on, on the rug, but that is overdue. That is woefully overdue. (laughs) You know, we got to go to break, but before we do, I was, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the problems, one of the many problems, uh, with aging is that through no fault of your own, you're just you're not nearly as limber as you were. We all know this. Like you watch a baby or a five year old or a seven year old run around, right? They 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 can practically they're all double jointed and they fall in certain ways and when you see them fall you think, Well, I would die. I would die if I fell like that. Every bone in my body would be broken, or at least I would have ripped every ligament or whatever. So I'm trying to f- incorporate, find ways to to be more limber in addition to using orange theory and working out with weights and doing those things to try to stay healthy i want to be more limber tom and so i found this video of this guy it's talking about his routine and showing you how you could do this exercise every morning to loosen up and all that man just watching this guy grab his leg and do this hip thing this morning i about cried it looked like the most painful thing i have ever seen somebody do he was picking up his leg pulling up above like by his chest and just yanking the hips sideways like no see this is what you gotta do I'm like I can't get in that position how am I supposed to do your routine I can't get in the position that you're in this is gonna this is gonna be a lifelong for the rest of my life anyhow problem I have a feeling just don't be afraid and don't be too proud to use the blocks like they do in the yoga mm, studios gotta use the blocks you know, the blocks, some of them even have chairs. Like, well, if you're just too old, you could sit in a chair and then pull your leg up and do it this way. Like, the rest of us will be on the floor, but you can use the chair. My problem is, props. yeah, my problem is I'm going to need blocks that are the size of big screen televisions. I'm going to need blocks that you know, <laughs> come up to my waist. Do you still have your old television? That's one. One down. Yeah, I do. On that. I do. I do. I'll get it done. It'll happen. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. 
Simpson, you can most certainly suggest that. I uh, am excited about uh, the return of college baseball. Here we go. The return of pro baseball soon also because a little spring training uh, video montage that I watched this morning as guys are getting in, getting their workouts in. P. Simpson writes, Jeff, in the spirit of redemption Thursday, the start of college baseball season, might I suggest taking a look at Northeastern at plus 135 tomorrow against Arizona. P. Simpson, as always, I love where your head is at. Perhaps some pizza money will be sprinkled on uh, Northeastern to pull off, I guess, the mild upset uh, as we start college baseball anew tomorrow. How about that? How about that? It begins. And I'll add that I'm wise enough to know you can't get down a hundred grand on Northeastern at plus one thirty-five. Probably can't get down fifty grand on North Northeastern, even if you show them your cell phone, even if you tell them the coaches let you know who's in and who's out. They're not going to let you hoist that uh, duffel bag up onto the counter and say, "Put it all, let it ride" on Northeastern at plus one thirty-five. That limit, as we found out, oddly, it was more than I thought it could be. They were willing to take. Ever so briefly before they realized what was going down, 15,000 on a college baseball game. That was a stunning turn of events. That was really more notable than the story itself was that somebody was willing to take 15 grand on a college baseball game. It's just that's good to know. Hey, that's good information. Just in case, just in case the need ever arises that uh, 15 G's. If you ever felt very comfortable, hey, even 500, you're like, hey, Cam Leiter's going to shove tonight. I know Cam Leiter's going to shove, so here we go. Here's a little pizza money, maybe uh, an order for the family during the holidays amount of pizza money that I'm going to put on Cam Leiter and the Knowles tonight. Well, and the reason Tom just brought up Cam Leiter is that the six foot five inch sophomore right-hander is going to be the Friday night ace, at least to start. That was confirmed yesterday. Uh, by Link Jarrett now in his second year. He's looking to obviously to rebound. He's going to have to ride the arm of Jarrett to do so. That young man has four pitches that he throws for strikes, a very lively fastball, as he put it, and um, a guy who's a fiery competitor. It will be nice. We were so crestfallen so frequently on the mound. How many games could you stomach to watch, I should ask, but how many times did you watch and see a kid whose shoulders were slumped whose attitude was poor, who was in the midst of another bad start and one in which you realized yet again that if this team was going to win tonight, they were going to have to score 10. Let's just hope that is uh, no longer the case when we tune in on Friday nights. Either, you know, last year they had injury issues and other stuff, but um, a lot lot of, I I think, uh, additions here. It will take some getting used to for Florida State fans who watched this team a year ago to familiarize themselves with a roster that has seen an influx of more players to it than at any point in any time that I've ever watched in any sport. It's unreal how many new players. And you can do that in this era. And we talk about the good and the bad of the transfer portal. Most of the time we're talking about it in light of college football and what that means to a coach and what that means to your chances of getting something turned around or holding on to your better players or fighting off people. But when you're on the wrong side of it, and Link was on the wrong side of it. And you have to find a way to win games at a prestigious program, one in which you start and you know what the standard is, and you go out there and unfortunately in year one 
have the worst record we've ever seen here. You know there's a lot of pressure there. And so he utilized said portal, and he's brought in a ton of players, uh, offensively and defensively. You've got a lot of new pit faces out there, some of whom whose numbers you could all check for yourself. They were pretty good. Uh, these are players that are on the rise that you would think are about to kind of come into their own in many cases, Lighter being chief amongst them. Yeah, just looking at the beginning of the schedule here, until so from now until March 1st, there's only one road game. That's the way it usually is because you have uh, some northern teams making their way down, but Butler is this weekend, Western Carolina. The one road game is at Jacksonville. That's midweek next week, and that's the uh, the annual Matt Millar Panic Classic against the Jacksonville Dolphins. Uh, but you you got a chance early on to rack up some wins and some confidence because, again, your series are against Butler, Western Carolina, and then there's Jacksonville and South Florida. These are the teams that you're playing before you get into the month of March. Let's see if they can make a little bit of noise. Get the confidence going, because that, that's going to be a big part of the equation, especially in baseball. I think the, the lineup's going to be okay, especially the top half of the lineup's going to be okay. But if you can make some big pitches and some big spots and get some outs in the fourth inning and the fifth inning when there's two on, one out, you get a double play ball, something along those lines, and it gets contagious, you never know what this could turn into. But as you said, because of the turnover, this is a grand mystery. They're going to be better than last year. But just how much better, it's really, really hard to say. It is. It, it's really hard. I, I know that uh, a lot of our frustration, and this goes back a ways. It wasn't just last year. It was the year before and the year before and the year before. We had some issues uh, with some fundamental things. I, I, I think that fans can deal with really any kind of a rebuild to some degree. What they don't do well with is when you're in the midst of rebuilding and you don't help yourself by doing the simple things that all college baseball players or pro baseball players are asked to do, you know, consistently well. You, you got to play hard. You got to pick up the ball. You got to be able to run the bases. You, you know, you got to compete. And when you're going through a rebuild and you're struggling and then you don't do those little things and give yourself a fighting chance to win a game, it's impossible to really invest. I felt like collectively Florida State baseball fans completely checked out of last year's season. I've never seen it before. I've been on the air here now for 25-plus years, and I've never had a season, not even one that they were unhappy with, like a couple of years ago, where people just stopped going or caring or watching in any way. Like I, People know I'm passionate about baseball, and I go out and about, and I see people, and it's always fun to talk it up. And I, I, didn't, I don't know about – Midway through last year, Tom, I don't nary a person, as I like to say, rolled up to me at any point talking about Florida State baseball. They were done. They were out. That was it. They'd, they'd washed their hands of Florida State baseball. Yeah, you had a couple of weeks of excitement, and then that was it. That was all. You and had the TCU series. You had the TCU series. That's it. That's all. Exactly. And and uh, I, there was a, a good win late at Jacksonville. I remember watching that on um, whatever local web stream they had there uh, for JU. And it was chaotic, but I'm pretty sure we closed the deal and we won that game. And then the two out of three at TCU. And within a week or two, you kind of realized hmm, that's about as good as it's going to get this season. But what it also shows is the meteoric rise of softball, especially within the Tallahassee community, because those season tickets are sold out in a blink. They've expanded what they're doing down the, the third baseline, the left field line with the party deck out there. It's getting bigger and bigger as every year goes along. And now this week they're going down to Clearwater to play in that elite tournament. Today's first game is four o'clock against Stanford. But to your point, like when you would have a conversation about secondary level sports, as in non-football sports, like that's the one that would come up. Baseball never came up. It was about, all right, well, what's softball going to do? How far are they going to go? Are they going to go? Are they going to get to Oklahoma City? And thankfully we have that. 
because in the last five years, the popularity of softball has gone way, way up. I should mention, and I'll touch on it here in a few minutes. We'll take a quick break. But uh, I don't know. You saw SP Plus rankings are up. Florida State in the top 15 there. There's some other college football news to to scrape through and get us by on a redemption Thursday. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchat TV. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, friends, let's talk about Factor. That's right. Two-minute meals fuel you up fast. Factor's restaurant quality meals at that, ready to heat and eat whenever you are. I use them for my family. I use them every day to eat nutritiously, but also I'm on the go, and I want something calorie smart. There are times where I'll go a week worth of factors for lunch, and I'll just go vegan or veggie. Other times I go pure keto. I can worry about, you know, whether it's uh, vegetable-based or protein-based or meat-based or whatever it might be. They have the options for you all the way around. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout every time you do it. It's also flexible to your schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron50. I'm going to save you some money, guys. Do it up. It's delicious. Cameron50. Use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. That's code Cameron50 at factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. Trust me, delicious. You'll thank me. A lot of variety. Tasty. Factormeals.com slash Cameron50. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Mentioned it a moment ago. Get to it in a second, ever so briefly. Do want to touch on something else first, though. I did see somebody mention it in the chat, and it's worth bringing up. I was going to bring it up next hour. I'll bring it up here. The SEC uh, is is likely, of course, staying with an eight-game football schedule for the 2025 season. But it looks like that's going to be the final year before going to nine games. Uh, that came out because of Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte who was speaking at a town hall event uh, earlier this week. I think it was Tuesday. And uh, he said, you know, kind of let the cat out of the bag, we have eight games scheduled right now. We're working on going to a nine-game schedule, but we have a ways to go with that. I would say this year we have eight. The following year we have another eight-game schedule maybe. Then we'll look to get into a nine-game conference schedule from there. Um, it, it, first of all, the the news there is that they're sticking with eight for the 2025 season, and there's no confirmation or anything like that just yet. But indications are the SEC uh, does not want to have its annual meetings in Destin. This may be dominated by a debate about the future of the scheduling format, and the conference could announce well before that it's going with an eight-game schedule for this upcoming year in 2025, but then doing something different for 26 and beyond. Um, that that affects uh, perhaps the larger discussion of realignment, Tom, and what where we're going, where this is headed. 
there are too many conversations that are taking place separately for them not to be related in some way, shape, or form. Correct. You know, like, and it, you've got conversations happening between network executives at ESPN and Fox, and which we CBS. documented earlier this week. Yep. And you've got more, you know, with uh, the Turner Group, which is Warner Sports, Turner Sports. Um, so that's one thing that's going on. You got conference commissioners talking to each other at the level of the SEC and the Big Ten, the Big Two. So these are the proxies of the networks, but they're having conversations. Then you're having conversations apparently behind the scenes of the if you're the SEC of expanding your inventory, and that's what this is. This isn't about you know uh, going into an island. It's about expanding your inventory to make yourself more valuable to your television network partner. Correct. Yeah, man. Th- this is all one big related discussion and and i hate to be the broken record here but in five years from now what we're watching how we're consuming it what it is what it's called how it's laid out it's just going to be so different we are watching this it's been painstakingly slow sometimes in the dead of night you get announcements in july that texas and oklahoma are going to leave or ucla is considering to go with usc to the to the big 10 and then remember the the big meeting last summer with Oregon's not going to leave, so therefore that the Pac-12 is staying together. Like, nope, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they they're are. riding the hell out. Yeah, they're riding out. So is Washington. This thing's broken. It's all completely done. Like those summer conversations are going away soon because there's one more twist coming. And I think the last part of it is with the NCAA itself. What does the NCAA govern? How much do they govern? And how much is college football in its own world? All of this is going to change. And by the time I think the football only facilities open, we're going to know. And I'm talking not stadium changes, but the football only facility is open and done and it looks all nice and pretty. We'll probably know a lot of what these answers are that we're waiting to get. But I mean, I think we're going to get news drops like this consistently over the next six months where there's just these little details come out and you're starting to put the pieces together. I love it. I love it. Let's go. Let's expedite the process. And that's us too, right? Let's get on with the getting sooner. We can get the heck up out of here and we can find out what the, uh, future holds then the better off we are obviously financially to be a part of all that and i do believe florida state will be i don't know if it ends up being the big 10 or the sec but i think it'll be one of those two because fox and espn are fighting over assets and so i believe florida state to be a very 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 valuable asset uh so hang on to your butts here we go it's all happening it's a lot of fun i would also note sp plus this is not the same as preseason rankings um he looks at Conley looks at three factors when doing this for ESPN.com. Um, their primary factors, it's uh, weighted by their predictiveness, if you didn't know. Returning production, which is a pretty big deal. Recent recruiting, that's always a big deal. And then recent history, how did you do? You know, How, how well did you, did you play uh, in any given year from year to year and all of those things. So Florida State came in at 12th on, on those rankings. Uh, it was just a couple of years ago. You needed binoculars to find Florida State on the SP Plus rankings. I just bring it up because I bring it up this time of year, every year when he releases them. Um, we've gone from off the scale, can't find us, don't know where we are, to 12th. Doesn't mean we're the 12th best team. Doesn't mean that we are. Uh, it just, or, or not. Uh, it, it's just, it shows you how Florida State continues to climb in those rankings. They're ahead of Texas A&M and Oklahoma and Clemson and Utah and Tennessee and programs that have had some success. They are behind Missouri, LSU, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Penn State, Alabama, Michigan, Texas, Oregon, Ohio State, and of course Georgia remains number one on that list in that sense it has been predictive. Uh, You might ask the question, 
Where are our rivals? Well, just as we were off the charts and couldn't be found in SP Plus a few years ago, or after much unfortunate scrolling, you could be found. That's where we find Florida, who continues to fall in these rankings. And uh, Miami sits at 21, well back of where Florida State is, despite having uh, a couple of years that they can be happy about with recruiting. Uh, Florida is uh, 33rd, Tom, in case you didn't know. They are 33rd. Florida is behind Virginia Tech. Florida is behind SMU. Florida is behind Iowa. Florida is behind Auburn. Florida is behind Iowa State. Florida is behind Arizona. Florida, I, I, There's a lot here, Tom. There's a lot. And I, I think they'll only continue to fall. Ooh. Well, Arizona and Virginia Tech, I think, probably hurt the worst, even more than SMU. SMU's got something going right now. That's going to be an interesting football game for us. I I agree. That's going to be an interesting one. But Virginia Tech? Boy. Yeah. This ain't 2006, man. No, it's been a minute. (laughs) Well, they won the title in 2006. So even even 06 wasn't 06 for for this discussion. Mm. I I thought the same thing. That's why I said Virginia Tech. I said it I mean, loudly. This isn't 2003. There you go, because that was Ron Zook. That was the Ron Zook era. This isn't 03. So that's um that's pretty painful, but we like that. It's a lag effect there. Hopefully now Florida much. State just we're we're in that top five discussion moving forward. Well, you have another ten plus win season here, and I think you'll be moving into the top seven certainly. Hour number two forthcoming. It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.